Partners Committee meeting. And uh, I welcome everyone. Uh, we'll start with um, roll call. Director Hoffman. Here. Director Ramirez. Here. Director Raleigh. And I am present. All right, moving right along to item two. Do we have approval of the agenda? Uh, Kathy, I mean, um, yeah, Kathy, you good? Yes, I'm good, thank you. Jesse? Uh, yes. Okay, great. We'll approve the meeting summary from January 23rd, 2024. It's Everybody good. good? Yep. All right. Jess? Good? Yes. All right. Okay, we'll skip four until she arrives, and then we'll go to item five, which is update from the state, advocate issues uh, at the state level. And uh, it's Carolyn. I believe you're uh, on the line. Good morning, uh, all. <clears throat> Carolyn Jensen with KP and uh, Ed Manning uh, should be on as well. He was oh. going to start us off. Okay, Ed, I see two callers there, caller three and caller five. So, Ed, if you're there, you can go ahead and begin. I'm uh, just waiting on Ed Manning. Carolyn, are you um, in contact with uh, Ed? Yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah, I, I just hung up with him. Uh, <clears throat> I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and get started. And uh, when he joins, um, uh, I'll call on him. Uh, so in terms of the legislative calendar, <clears throat> we are <clears throat> past the bill introduction deadline, which was February 16th. And what we've seen this year in terms of bill introduction totals is 2,124, which is actually down several hundred uh, from last year. So uh, uh, that's uh, good news. Um, in terms of the uh, uh, types of bills we're seeing, um, kind of just in broad categories. Uh, we've got a number of spot bills. Um, as you might know, as we've seen in years past with the budget situation, um, uh, since we're upside down in the budget, a um, little bit less on the bill side, lots of spot bills. And um, the kind of categories for uh, the water community uh, that we're kind of focused on as we're learning more about the intention of the bills. Um, CMUA has a sponsored bill, AB 2409, which is a permitting accountability transparency dashboard um, to help uh, the public better understand how large uh, energy and water projects, uh, why they take so long and what that process is. Um, we're seeing from Aqua a sponsored bill on Prop 218, um, a, another measure um, building on uh, previous legislation. And this attempt would be to limit the administrative record to the evidence presented to an agency during the rate making process with the goal to avoid litigation on the backside. Um, kind of in broader categories, um, We've seen three bills introduced uh, really related to housing, but uh, where the water community comes in 
uh, depending on what type of agency you are, um, there's going to be issues that impact uh, connection and capacity charges and fees. Um, <clears throat> we've seen a couple of uh, storage-related bills introduced, um, one in particular by Irvine Ranch, uh, which we'll have some more information for you on uh, shortly. Um, this is kind of a novel idea to incentivize emergency storage supplies uh, and support their use during times of storage, uh, during a water sh shortage, and to get the state to recognize that type of emergency storage. We've seen uh, a number of spot bills <clears throat> related to water rights, and that's not unusual, <clears throat> but we are paying close attention given the types of legislation we saw uh, in last year's session. Uh, they're all spot bills, and we're waiting for amendments. Uh, we've got a couple of bills on Brown Act teleconferences, um, again, um, and uh, uh, again, waiting for more information on uh, uh, from the author's office um, on wh what direction they're going to go with those. Um, and then conservation bills. Um, lots of water use efficiency conservation bills introduced, five. Uh, two of them are spot bills. Two are almost spot bills. And then there is one uh, measure that is more fully fleshed uh, to kind of address um, uh, some of the outstanding issues that the uh, that aren't addressed in the uh, regulatory process uh, ongoing at the water board. And I'll just check real quick. Ed, have you joined on? Yeah, I'm on. I've been on for a while. Sorry, Carolyn. Oh, terrific. I'm going to, uh, on the conservation issues, uh, turn it over to Ed uh, to let him kind of explain uh, what is driving the interest there. And he'll also talk about uh, the two-year bills, Senator Caballero's bills, and a, a bond update. Ed, I'll turn it over to you. Okay. Hey, Carolyn, did you cover um, the uh, the budget also? Oh, sure. Just uh, quickly on the budget. Or do you want me to do um, it? I can do it if you want oh, me to. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So let me. I'll just. I'll just start with budget real quickly. Um, you know, last month the you saw revenues were down again um which means we're significantly under um what uh they have projected and uh you know the governor had pegged the deficit at about 40 billion and lao was you know up around 90 and i mean we're probably going to have about a hundred billion dollar uh deficit when all said and done this year given the trend um, and in terms of just the water community, um, they did cut recycling funds out of the budget um, that had been money that had come from the general fund the last year or two when we were when we have more money than we knew what to do with. So a lot of the money that was um, uh, appropriated uh, for a variety of of climate change or water or other purposes, energy um, is being swept back, uh, meaning they're not going to spend it. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's also cap and trade money, 
which is a source of funding for a lot of energy programs, um, energy efficiency programs. That is all likely, or much of it likely to be um, used for general fund purposes as well. Um, so, you know, that is um, a trend that will continue. And I guess, you know, the hope is that um, because some of these are line items in the budget and they're not eliminating, eliminating them completely, that in future years that are better, the funding will reemerge. Uh, but um, I think for this year and probably next year, it's going to be uh, very difficult. Um, so, and then on, um, uh, Carolyn was just highlighting the water conservation issue. So uh, back in the Brown administration, there were a, a number of bills passed under the theme of making conservation a way of life. Um, those bills, uh, significantly changed um, uh, the urban uh, uh, urban water management plans and the the goals and objectives, uh, including for um, outdoor and indoor water use. Um, but a lot of the emphasis um, or major impacts were on sort of uh, irrigable lands, um, landscaping. Long story short, um, there was supposed to be a fair amount of flexibility given to retail water agencies in terms of how they met the goals and an ability to sort of overperform in one category if you underperformed in another, you know, net net, what were your, you know, what, what were your overall uh, water uh, savings and could you meet the objective? Well, the water board is taking such a rigid mic micromanaging focus on each of the components um, that it's given very little, if any, flexibility to trade off between one source of water savings and another. Um, these regs are, um, there's, there's new regs that should be coming out soon. Um, a new version of them, uh, CMUA and Aqua have done a heck of a job weighing in substantively um, uh, and pointing out the inequities of the um, regulations uh, in terms of the impacts. Um, the, um, the other big problem is um, the focus of the regulations on outdoor residential water use um, and you know, it was supposed to focus on um, primarily on, uh, you know, uh, existing landscapes um, and, uh, and new. Um, the water board sort of shifted um, uh, the regulation um, uh, to, uh, excuse me, the, 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 the uh, statute was supposed to provide for um, uh, new and existing, um, and the water board is basically sort of shifting the, uh, shifting it significantly. Um, uh, and and uh, the uh, the the proposed reg really focuses on currently irrigated land, um, doesn't really account for um, what is coming into the portfolio. Um, and, uh, it, it, you know, so you don't get the cost savings for land that could be, or, or water savings for land that isn't currently irrigated, but could be. And so that has a significant impact on your overall water usage. And so long story short, 
the um, we're hoping that those change. But as Carolyn pointed out, a variety of members, uh, Ashby, Archuleta, have introduced bills to really roll back um, uh, or directly countermand part of the regulatory framework that the Water Board has put forward. Um, we're hoping the Water Board gets the message and changes the regs. Uh, we'll find out soon enough. Um, the LAL, who's the Le Independent Legislative Analyst Office, did look, as they were required to do uh, under the uh, legislation that passed during the Brown administration, to do a report on the, on the program and the proposed regs. That report that the LAO did was very scathing in terms of the lack of flexibility, um, the impact on low-income customers, um, and a lot of the inequities and sort of fault lines of the proposed regs. And that got a, a lot of folks' attention and was highlighted uh, by a lot of agencies during CMUA's Ledge Day. So um, those are um, some of the issues associated with that. And it, it is a big, big um, issue for the water community writ large. Um, Carolyn, do you want me to highlight the water bond discussion? Yes, please. Okay. Um, so that's... That's the making conservation a way of life regulations. Um, we'll, we'll be talking more to, uh, to MWA staff about that. Uh, and then on the bonds, there, uh, as many of you know, there's been a discussion about a climate bond and a very active engagement by the water community to try to get funding in there for a variety of water infrastructure needs. Um, the speaker announced a uh, week and a half ago or a week ago, it all blends together, um, that uh, the total bonding capacity uh, left, because the governor, as you may know, has a mental health uh, homeless bond on the ballot, Prop 1. So when you deduct that amount of money from the bonding capacity, we thought we'd have somewhere in the neighborhood of $25, 26000000000 billion in bonding capacity left. The speaker announced that it is only $16 billion. Uh, to 15 billion. And the problem with that is there's a climate bond, but there's also interest in a, an education bond and a housing bond. And so you've got constituencies for all three within the legislature. Um, so, you know, you can do that math. You divvy that up. That's about five billion for each, which really doesn't make much of a dent, especially since the climate bond would fund both you know, energy, water, and potentially conservation-related issues, that, that, that's not going to get you very far. So um, the, the deficit and um, uh, bonding capacity constraints will significantly hamper the ability to do a climate bond that has significant new infrastructure uh, investment by the state in, in water. So that's... Uh, that's disappointing, and it's going to be um, going to be tough sledding. Uh, and I think you know one of the problems we're going to have this year is uh, we've got a lot of bills, as Carolyn said, that have to be amended. But bills that cost a lot of money this year are going to have a tough time because of the size of the deficit and the governor and legislature not wanting to adding and a lot of additional spending. So um, so the budget's going to pull it, you know end up being a major, major focus this year of legislative activity. 
Great, thank you. Is there, uh, you guys have anything else? Um, Carolyn? No, Ed, did you want to uh, do a quick update on the Caballero bill? Oh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, just one more bill. Uh, the, the, uh, there's a bill sponsored by CMUA and a number of uh, water agencies around the state, SB 366, which is by uh, Senator Caballero. It is in the second house, meaning it's still pending in Assembly Water Parks and Wildlife Committee. That committee has a new chair who is a breath of fresh air, Assemblymember Diane Pappin from uh, the South Bay area in uh, the Bay Area. Uh, she um, is taking a fresh look at this bill. This bill would revamp the California Water Plan to set a specific goal and objective for um, uh, new water supply, which we don't have in statute now, would also um, alter the way that we look at the economics of water infrastructure. So they're looking at what the cost, societal costs would be of having inadequate water uh, alongside of what the cost would be of getting, getting new supply. Um, uh, we've, that, that bill is um, going to be heard uh, late, well, actually early summer, um, uh, and will, uh, I think, get out of the committee, but it's a significant bill to try to get the, the water plan to actually be a plan for investment and new water needs, as opposed to what it is now, which is just sort of a, a list of stock. Uh, that nobody uses. So, um, so that's uh, that bill. We're hopeful we'll get out of committee and uh, could provide a framework moving forward for the water community to organize around um, actually having the state have a plan uh, that will guide it to developing new water supply. Great, thank you. Uh, any questions? No, we have no <clears throat> questions. So, uh, great. Update uh, Carolyn and Ed uh, as always, and we appreciate it. And uh, look forward to hearing from you next month. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we'll uh, go back to item four, which is a, we have a representative, uh, Ressa Barjas, for Assembly Member Juan Carrillo from 39th. Welcome, Ressa. Uh, there we are. You Thank on. you. My name is Risa Varias. I am the senior field representative for assembly member Juan Carrillo. I'm really pleased to be here with you this morning. Um, so the assembly member has uh, presented his legislative package. It is going to be a really busy year for the legislature. And um, as the previous speakers noted, this year is going to be have a lot of focus on the budget. There is um, there was a marked uh, resistance, um, concern with bills impacting the budget from the governor last year. Most of the bills that, you know, passed the legislature and didn't and got vetoed were because of budgetary concerns. So we'll be uh, mindful of that in this session. Um, notably, Assemblymember Juan Carrillo is the chair of the local government committee. So um, he'll be hearing a lot of uh, more procedural 
kind of um, legislation that impacts local control as well as how local government is run. Um, so on the kind of meta level for this body, um, we'll be keeping an eye out to make sure that, um, you know, he, having been a city council member himself and a city planner, um, does, um, you know, is invested in maintaining local control for our local government agencies. Um, we are looking forward to working with the agency on water issues to hearing what your concerns are and how we can be supportive of our community's water needs. Um, so we will be planning meetings accordingly. Um, and we look forward to you know, absorbing, um, I'm here to listen and make sure that we are bringing back your feedback on the bills being presented to the legislature, especially to the assembly, um, on, you know, how he can be best supportive of our district's water needs. So, um, happy to answer any questions. Where's his office located? Our district offices are here in Adelanto. Uh, we are in Adelanto City Hall, as well as uh, we have a Palmdale office right next to Palmdale City Hall. Yeah. It's a big district. Yeah, well, we were just looking at that prior to your arrival and okay. figuring out where the boundaries were. So. Yeah, um, so we, this is actually technically outside of the district. Um, the Victor Valley part of the district is most of Victor Valley, about half of Victor Valley or Victorville, you know, we are actually, yeah, it is also half of the Victor Valley, just about. Um, we have all of Adelanto, about half of Hesperia, half of Victorville, none of Apple Valley. So it's a little bit of an odd cut. Um, Assembly District 34, uh, Tom Lackey's district, kind of wraps around ours, um, goes all the way out to about the border of Kern County, um, and through the western side of Lancaster Palmdale. Great. Well, the Mojave Water Agency goes quite a bit out into his district. Great. Appreciate you uh, taking the time to come here. Absolutely, and do feel free to reach out with any questions, concerns. We love to receive your feedback on bills, so we know what the district actually wants um, from its representatives. Great. Thank you. Thank you. On to item six uh, from the federal level, but prior to uh, Letitia, we'll move to Hayden, who's the, um, the uh, field rep for uh, Congressman Jay Obernolte. Good morning, everybody. So my name is Hayden Bartz. I'm a field representative with Congressman Jay Obernolte, and I have a short ledge update for everybody. Uh, so as many of you well know, right now they're still doing budget negotiations in the House of Representatives. Uh, Congressman Obernolte is fighting hard for a fiscal budget in the government right now. Uh, we're seeing what happens with the rising interest rates, inflation, uh, when there's no, with all this deficit spending that we're seeing. So Congressman Obernolte is fighting hard to bring that back under control because that's what's affecting our local communities. Uh, in Congressman Obernolte's time in the Assembly of California, uh, he was a big advocate for hard infrastructure when it comes to water and when it comes to our communities because that is something that we can invest in and we can see that for generations to come. So Congressman Obernolte is still fighting for that in the federal government. Uh, I know that we've been working with the Mojave Water Agency on a couple of different projects. And I just want to remind everybody that if you ever have a project that comes up, feel free to reach out to our office. We're happy to help. And we want to make sure that the water issues that we see in our community are being taken care of. 
Uh, one of the ways that Congressman Obernolte is doing that is with the Fusion Energy Act. Here in the state of California, we pay one of the highest rates of industrial electricity, and that includes government-funded uh, water and different water projects across the state. And the, one of the problems with that is, is that that cost gets put on you. That cost gets put on our constituency. So with this Fusion Energy Act, this is an investment into seeing fusion energy, uh, which is a bipartisan legislation, because this energy is clean, it is a, an affordable form of energy, and it can help supply the energy needs that we are currently seeing. Uh, so with this, this is going to see a drop in electricity costs uh, for the water agencies and for the individuals whom you are servicing. So Congressman Obernolte is working hard to introduce new legislation right now. We're waiting to see what happens with the budget, and then we'll be seeing more legislation coming out of that uh, in the near future. Uh, the other thing is the EPA has introduced a slew of new guidelines from everything from vehicle emissions to uh, even air quality control in regards to cement manufacturing, which we see in our district. And Congressman Obernolte has written a letter to the Biden administration uh, calling out the issues with these. Uh, right now, with the new tailpipe guidelines that are put in by the EPA, uh, over half of the new fleet of vehicles uh, from lightweight to medium vehicles is going to have to be electric because it will not be able to meet the current standards that they have or the new standards that they're introducing. So Congressman Obernolte is working hard to fight against that. Uh, as many agencies and individuals know, the cost of an electric car uh, is quite expensive and the infrastructure to keep them charged and to function in more rural communities such as ours uh, is very difficult compared to uh, the fleet of vehicles that we currently have. So Congressman Obernolte is working on that as well. And as always, if anybody has any questions, I'll be happy to answer them. Questions for Aiden? All right, thank you guys so much for having me. Okay, thank you. Hey, uh, Letitia, I believe you fine. about, uh, is it uh, Jean, are you there? Anybody from the federal side, are you on the line? Okay. Must be maybe a glitch. We just see callers. If you could, if, if anyone from IFS is available right now, just unmute your phone and try to uh, speak up. We'll, we'll do a sound check. Caller six. Okay, we'll move on and then um, we'll come back to it. Um, so we'll move to item seven, which is uh, public information monthly activity report. And uh, Liz. Sorry to take you oh, out of place okay. there and you guys weren't prepared, but uh, take your time. No, no, no rush. All right, good morning. Thank you for having us. Um, so Charlene is at the Aqua DC conference, so we're here Get to- a little- uh, Oh, a little close. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. So Charlene is at the Aqua DC conference, so we're here to just highlight some things that we've been working on and then things that are coming up. So 
So on February 9th, we had the Innovators High Desert Water Summit. Um, that was at the High Desert uh, Church in Victorville. We had about 175 attendees. That included the students, teachers, presenters, and staff. We had keynote speaker um, Christine Seeger. She's a CSUSB master's student currently working with the U.S. Forest Service Resource Assistance Program. And she discussed her non-traditional path into the water industry. So that was really cool to hear from her. And then we also had undergraduates from Cal State San Bernardino who served as our presenters for our breakout sessions um, where the students used um, Legos to make flood control systems. They had hands-on water quality testing and then demonstrations on mapping technology. So those were really cool breakout sessions. And then we also had a presentation from our essay contest winner. You can see in the photo right there. And she's with some representatives from the Hesperia School District. And, uh, we did get the water summit highlighted in the Aqua newsletter. So that was just really cool to be able to feature that event on that platform. So that was really neat. So our very own Tony Walters uh, had a presentation with the Sierra uh, Sierra Club, and he gave a presentation on the river watersheds functions and then summarized recent storm flows and in comparison with uh, last year's storms. And then I'm going to pass it over to Kenny because we had Tony at another presentation that Kenny was a part of. Good morning, board. So Tony Winkle's actually been pretty busy these last couple of weeks. Uh, he actually gave a evening presentation uh, to the Mojave Historic Society last Thursday. And then I went ahead and joined him for part two, which was a tour of our operations center, uh, specifically the, uh, the grant-funded trail system that we have outside of that center, of that facility. And this group is led by Marcy Taylor. She's uh, a local historian. If any of you folks are familiar with her, um, I would invite you to attend any of the Mojave Historic Society committee meetings that they have. Uh, they have a pretty good understanding about the history of our, our service area. I'd say there was about 30 of us there. Um, we had a big crowd, and me and Tony walked them around the, uh, the trail uh, sort of network we have there, as well as uh, up onto the banks of the river, and uh, the river was flowing. Tony was very excited about that, uh, and that was just a great uh, great Saturday morning for this, uh, this crew. And speaking of water flowing, uh, the, last couple, the last month, uh, our river has been flowing. Uh, it's still trickling down even, to, even this morning, and we've used that as an opportunity to sort of post uh, some social media updates to our, our, our residents uh, and, and just the general public about what's really going on. And a great way of tracking that is on our website. We have a real-time data tool that we use, not just for storm flows, but even just for weather. Uh, our weather stations are all on there, and they're pretty accurate. It's interesting to, to get that information locally rather than from your favorite sort of news outlet. Uh, I would invite you folks to look at that, too. And that's at mojavewater.org slash real-time data. And here's kind of an example of one of uh, these events. This looks like uh, February 20th uh, discharge we have over at Deep Creek. And this is all live data. Uh, you can watch it in real time. And there's another example right down there about one of our uh, social media posts. And I will hand it back to Liz. Real quick, what was that website again? Matt? Yes, let me go back here. So if you're on our website, mojavewater.org slash real-time 
data. Oh, okay. And there's also a tab uh, on the website that will bring you right there too. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Kenny. Uh, we just want to highlight too that our seed to salad class is still going on. This week will be week number six, um, and that's out of 15 weeks. So it's a 15 week course that will go until May 2nd. Um, it's from 6 to 7 p.m. on Thursdays, and that's hosted by the Mojave Desert Resource Conservation District in partnership with us. So that class is going really well. Everyone's having great questions. Um, and then I even had some people interested in sending pictures of their garden beds. So people are getting some progress done. And then continuing in our educational workshops, we have our Wonders of Water. Our first one will be next Tuesday, March 5th. That'll be taking place here. And the first one we like to do is the water-wise gardening, just because March is a good time to get everybody interested in that. And we'll be having our speaker is Carlos Ruiz. He's going to be from um, VBC in their landscaping and agricultural department. So he's going to be speaking on water-wise gardening, native plants, and um, landscaping. So that's very exciting to have him at that. And then to continue the gardening uh, workshops, we have our native plant gardening class. This is going to be virtual, and this will be hosted through the Mojave Desert Resource Conservation District as well. And that will be the following Tuesday on March 12th. So we just like to give everybody an opportunity to either join in person or virtually. Um, so we have lots of different educational opportunities. And then to continue our conservation outreach, we have our conservation fair. It's going to be coming up on April 13th, and this time we're going to be hosting it at the Victorville Fairgrounds, and this will be in um, partnership with the Alliance of Water Awareness and Conservation, and we are going to be having vendors, demonstrations, kids' activities, all sorts of things, so we do encourage anybody that's interested to, to sign up as a vendor, and um, we would love to have you guys there as well. And then just upcoming events, um, as I said, Charlene's at the D.C. conference this week. We have the Wonders of Water on the 5th, and then we, the following day we will be at the um, Cal State San Bernardino Career Fair. Um, and then I did want to give a shout-out to Dang Bui in, in engineering. He's going to be serving as a judge at the Meek Maker Fair and STEM competition. That's going to be taking place at Granite Hills High School on March 9th. So we're very grateful for the engineering department. And then we'll have our virtual class for the native plants on March 12th. And with that, I open it up to any questions. Great. You guys are always the busiest, <laughs> seems like, uh, in the agency with your lot, lot going on. We appreciate it. Is there any questions? Thank you. Thank you, guys. Okay. Hey, we'll go back to item six. Uh, Letitia, uh, do, we, do we find them? Hi, Jean uh, Denton here. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sorry, I had to call in. I was having some issues with the app. Um, but we've uh, got a busy week back here in Washington. As you know, Kasa and Aqua are here. And so we've got Charlene, which is a, a nice treat to have her back here um, representing the agency. But um, we're kind of dividing and conquering. We're um, up on the hill and and elsewhere, so wanted to just take a moment and give you guys an update. As, uh, as Hayden, with Mr. Obernolte mentioned, the big topic of the week, of course, is funding of the federal government. Um, the current continuing resolution 
that it's funding about 20% of the government, ag agriculture, energy and water, military, construction, veterans, and transportation, HUD, um, expires uh, at midnight on Friday of this week. And then the rest of the agencies are under a continuing resolution that goes through March 8th. Um, there had been a hope that uh, they were pretty close to a deal on the first minibus and that something would be released over the weekend and it would be on the House floor um, when the House returns this Wednesday evening. But that has not come to pass. And so as we speak, um, the President had invited yesterday for the House and Senate leadership to come to the White House so they could have a sit-down discussion on a path forward. Um, so it's, it's very much up in the air what that's going to look like come the end of the week. To put it in uh, perspective, there's been about 14 shutdowns since 1981, um, going anywhere from one day to 35 days back in 2018. I think we're all hopeful that a deal can be cut to at least do some time of some type of continuing resolution to carry them further into March to uh, give negotiators time to finalize these appropriation bills for FY24. Um, so, and as, as, as we've seen in the past, um, you know, many of the federal government functions continue during a during a shutdown. Um, you know, such things as, of course, like you know, TSA, the uh, medical care for veterans, the, uh, the military. Um, so there's a lot of positions that are deemed essential employees, but it's still definitely disruptive. So I think the hope, as I said, is that something will be able to be put in place by the end of the week to keep things moving forward. So that's, that's definitely a focus. And then secondarily, of course, you know, while we've got people in Washington talking about water issues, we're all looking towards FY25. And so looking at getting those, um, you know, proposals put forward on what's going to be the, you know, the, the ask for, um, for the following fiscal year, you know, coming up in the fall. And then also there's the Water Resources Development Act, WARDA, that's up again for reauthorization. The Senate is going to be having a hearing on that um, later this week. So that legislation is continuing to move forward and being considered in hearings in both the House and Senate. And then also, um, you know, just looking at it, to put it in perspective, you know, we're in the second session of the 118th Congress, and there's been about a little over 11,000 bills that have been introduced. But only about 300 of them have been considered on either the House or Senate floor, and then only 34 have been signed into law. So as you can see, you know, there's, while there's a lot of activity here in Washington, not a lot of final packages that get put in place. So we are hopeful that these appropriation bills will get finalized and then also like legislation like water will go through. And so we can continue to work with the Bureau of Rec like we have been doing with staff at, um, at Mojave on, you know, continuing to see opportunities to get funding for, for Mojave as those, uh, as those funding roll out and also looking at getting um, Mojave to Mojave Bureau of Rec staff sometime in uh, in the middle of March so they can come and see the projects you're working on and look at ways that um, you know their funding opportunities could be helpful uh, so that's kind of um, kind of what's going on back here like I said funding being the big top line for this for this upcoming week so open it up for any questions Great, thank you. Any questions, yeah. comments? 
No questions for me. All right. Well, good luck to you guys over there, and um, we appreciate the uh, appreciate the update. Thank you. Thank you. Public participation. Anything? None at this time. Manager's report. Good morning. Nothing additional to add. Thank you. Thank you. Comments, discussions, future agendas, items. Nothing. All right. With that, um, we will uh, adjourn the meeting at uh, ten ten. Thank you. Adjourned.